This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. I'm excited to be talking today with Carrie Holt. She's a co-author of the book, The Other Side of Special, and she's on Instagram at Take Heart Special Moms. Thanks for joining me today, Carrie. Thank you for having me. On this month-long session in the Restoration Home podcast, we've been talking about balance. And I think it especially is something we have to work hard at when we have children with disabilities or special learning needs, because it's easy to focus all of our attention on that one special child and neglect our self-care and even maybe neglect some of our other children or our marriage relationship. Can you tell me a little bit about your family and how you've managed to balance caring for your special child and the rest of your family. Yeah, sure. So I am a mom to four. Uh, My oldest is 19 and my youngest is 13. So we had basically three boys in three and a half years. And my third son is our son who has a disability. He was born with spina bifida and hydrocephalus. And I can say in, you know, I think balance definitely just depends a little bit on your stage of life. You know, in the very beginning, when my son was born, he was in the hospital eight days because he had to have two surgeries. And then we brought him home. And then a couple weeks later, he ended up in the hospital for over two months. And a month of that he spent in the pediatric intensive care unit. So there was definitely just a lot of like, how do we even manage this? Our My older two boys were 20 months old and three and a half at the time. And I just remember thinking like, obviously, and during those times, there's just not a lot of balance. I didn't feel like I could leave uh, Toby in the hospital by himself. He needed me to be his voice and his advocate. But we definitely, I think one of the things is surrounding yourself with people And uh, we had my family who would take our boys home with them. And, you know, and honestly, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that (laughs) when you're not taking care of your own kids and things like that. And so I think some of that is just uh, realizing that it's just for a season and that God is going to fill in the gaps. (laughs) You know, like we can only do. Uh, We can only do so much. We only can do what we can do. And thankfully, through the years, we have just been blessed with nursing care in our home. Our son, when our son came home, he had a trach, a ventilator, and a feeding tube, and he was hooked up to machines 24-7. So we had in-home nursing, and that helped me balance, to be honest. But it was also giving up a lot of control. And letting someone else care for my child and also letting go of guilt. I think I think that's part of it too of, well, I should be doing all these things for him, but I knew I couldn't. And like you said, like there had to be times where I, I just needed to get out and go to the grocery store <laughs> and have some time to myself. Yeah, I really appreciate that insight. And, and I also appreciate you talking about, about getting some outside help because I know you homeschool, I'm a homeschool mom. And in the homeschool world, there's actually been a lot of 
suspicion towards outside help, you know, like, oh, we can do everything ourselves. And if we let people in, they're going to want control over, you know, our children's schedule. How did you kind of balance out even those aspects of letting go of control, but also protecting your child? Yeah, so I think part of it was a few years ago, I realized that, especially with homeschooling, that I, I really couldn't do it all. I, I was getting burned out. I just had very little desire to even do the basic things with my kids. And I started looking for some help with Toby. My son has also just multiple learning disabilities. He has dyslexia and all of the processing issues. And um, in some ways, it's almost like he was born premature because he didn't start talking till he was almost three years old. So you can imagine all of the language delays, all of the writing delays, um, having multiple, multiple brain surgeries has just led to a lot of um, learning needs and things like that. And so it was honestly, in some ways, it was just really hard to say, you know what, I, I need help. I need a tutor. We need to hire somebody or in Ohio where I live, uh, we have a scholarship that if your child has an IEP, then you can hire uh, uh, providers through the scholarship to help with that. And when we first brought our son home to homeschool, I let all that go, you know, because it was the same thing, just exactly what you said. Like, nobody's going to help me. I don't want anybody to have any say in what we're doing. And and then I realized I can't. Like, I cannot balance all four of my kids and do school with them and take Toby to physical occupational speech therapy and keep up with all of his learning needs. And so I think one of the things that I've learned to balance is, you know, I'm sure your listeners have heard of morning time. Like, there was just some non-negotiable things that I wasn't going to let go of. And our morning time, our time with God and our time reading together in the mornings was just, it was for all four of us and that, and I've guarded that time, uh, even having, like I have one in college now and a senior this year, we're just going to guard that time. Um, even when the kids are older, just so we, even if it's just 20 minutes, like every day, it's something that we touch base on. Uh, and then probably the last year and a half, we've had two different tutors in our home. And honestly, it was such a release for me because I like, it, like I said, it was my body was burning out. I I have adrenal fatigue and other issues. I was gaining weight and just different things like that. And I I needed the help and um you know and I we prayed a lot about it and God also brought the right people. Um, I think that's part of it too is is the right is is that asking God to bring the right people and and we've had we've had that happen, which has been really great. Yeah, I really appreciate this insight because I think there are a lot of moms who are, you know, homeschooling a child, even if it's not a really pervasive special need that means you're in the hospital a lot, but they're going through dyslexia or they're dealing with, you know, my daughter Emily and I just podcasted actually about adrenal fatigue and all of the things that go into that and trying to heal yourself. Even the normal life of homeschooling can create adrenal fatigue. So right. hats off to you, Carrie, for the way that you are, you know, making it with all the extra that you're dealing with. What are some of the things that 
you would say special needs moms or even moms with children of disability can do to kind of, you know, help their minds not be just so overly focused on that one child? So I think one of the things is just understanding that we, I think there's just this mentality that we have to be the super mom. And we have believed a lot of lies along the way of our journey of being moms. You know, we have failed if we need to see a counselor. We have failed if we need to have outside help come in. And I think it's letting go of those lies and changing the mindset and saying, you know what, my family is not going to look like every other family. This is, you know, what does God want for me and my family? And and that looks different from your neighbor, the person across the street, the family in your co-op. It's it's going to look different. They're not all going to be the same. And so I think it's really seeking out uh, just letting go of those lies and those beliefs that, you know, that there's shame because you have to find help or there's shame because, you know, you just let your kids go play outside or or whatever it is that you're choosing. And, you know, along the way too, I think um, I just have, I think it's also just gauging where your kids are at. You know, one of the things that I've learned just through uh, just some personal work that I've done through like my story of origin and and you know how I was raised and the things that you believe because of the way you were raised is that, you know, that I have to, I have to do it all. I have to be all. And also realizing that kids, the, their, their basic needs are attunement from you and, and the, and a willingness to repair. And if we can get that right, 50% of the time, our kids are going to be okay. And so I, and I've got that from a podcast that I listened to uh, by a counselor. Um, and that sounds like Adam Young, but it if is. there's another one, okay, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> it is. I do too. And, and I just, you know what, honestly though, hearing him talk about that, especially just that willingness to repair and also listening to her kids. I So we have a younger daughter who she's three years younger than my son with special needs. And there are times where she'll just say to me, because she's my daughter and I have three sons and a daughter, and she's obviously a little bit more vocal and outspoken about things. Mom, you're just focusing a lot of time on Toby. And I feel like I, I need you. And... Or, you know, you're, you're working too much. Obviously we've been writing a book and, and we have a podcast and, and so it's willingness, it's that willingness to go not take that personally, right. And just get really defensive with our kids. And I'm not saying every time your kids say something to you that they're right about things. I'm not saying that, but also just being willing to listen because, you know, there's that saying many a truth is said in jest (laughs) and, I and I just being willing to listen, repair and go, you know what, you're right. So let's let's uh, figure out ways. One of the things that my daughter and I do is we have a journal that we send back and forth and, you know, she'll write things to me that she may not necessarily feel comfortable saying to my face. And that has been a really important tool uh, for us. And then even just um, for my son with with dis- disabilities, he's been going through a really hard time in recent years. He's 16 now of dealing with the reality that he's different and he's grieving his lim- his limitations. He's in a wheelchair full time, especially when he compares himself to his two older brothers who play basketball and are very athletic. And, and I have noticed that there are times that I don't want to take the time to look him in the eye 
and deal with his grief because I'm dealing with my own grief, right? You know, I'm dealing with my own burnout, my own caregiving fatigue, teaching fatigue, all of that. And I'm learning to, and he can read me like a book. This is this is what happens when you spend 16 years together in the hospital. Um, he knows my face and he can read my moods, honestly, probably better than anyone in my family, even my husband probably at times. That's not a slam on my husband, but it's just, he's just really in tune, you know, because he's seen my face so much because I've been his caregiver so much. And I've just also been learning that I can't fix it. I can't fix what he's going through. I can't fix his learning needs. I can't, I can't make it better, but I can listen and I can ground him in the truths of who he is and, and how God has created him to be and that there's beauty in that. And also give up this, uh, we had a conversation just the other day of how he's going to have to wrestle with God with this on his own, on his own terms and, and figure out what he wants to believe himself about himself. Yeah, that's so beautiful. There's so many things that you said in that little section. For one thing, just about your own fatigue and your own grief and trying to both empathize with your son, empathize with yourself. Uh, There's a poem by Christina Rossetti called Uphill, and it starts out, does the road wind uphill all the way? Yes, to the very end. Will the day's journey take the whole long day from morn to night, my friend? And it's like, there is a sense in life that whatever the, you know, however the lines have fallen to you, Psalm 16 says the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. The lines have fallen to us. And sometimes it doesn't feel very uh, pleasant dealing with a child with a disability or the exhaustion of, you know, homeschooling kids who aren't learning quickly or, you know, just so many things that we have to deal with as moms. So it's just, it's so encouraging to know that we're not alone. You know, everybody has the struggle that they have to face. Everybody has something they're going to have to work through. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to give yourself some space. And, and you know, speaking of what are some of the things that you're able to do for yourself? Because I, I love that you mentioned attunement with your children. I love that you mentioned being willing to absorb some of their pain. You know, like you said, we don't have to get defensive we, you know, we're loved by God. And so when our children come to us with a complaint, it's just so mature to be able to empathize with them instead of getting defensive, even though defense might be our automatic reaction. But there also is a place for caring for ourselves. What are some of the things you're doing to help yourself um, stay healthy so that you can keep caring for your dear children? Yeah, so probably one of the things that I started doing about a year ago was actually seeing a Christian counselor. And it took me almost 45 years (laughs) to do that and to realize that because I was definitely believing the lie that I, I have failed. I failed as a mom because I have to go see a counselor. To me, counseling meant you're in crisis. And 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 honestly, at times in my life, we have been in crisis. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. But um, so that that's probably been one thing. And just being willing to uh, just dive into my story of origin. I, I know we've talked a little bit. Adam Young has some podcasts about how, you know, when you're parenting, the way you were parented comes up. And so it's important to I hate that phrase, you know, the past is in the past. You just need to leave it behind. 
that sort of thinking because I, I don't think that's healthy. And I think it's really important to a lot of ways that we react to our children are because of, of the things that we absorb through our childhood. It might not even be like our parents or our families. It might be, you know, the friends from school or friends from homeschooling or whatever environment, you know, you grew up in. Uh, so that's one thing. The second thing is I have recently been doing the One Minute Pause app. Uh, John Aldridge has a book called Resilient, and he has an app called the One Minute Pause app. And through that app, there's 30 Days to Resilient. And I'm just going to tell you, the 30 Days to Resilient, I've been doing it for four months. (laughs) And I'm on like day 24. And so this is not something like, by no means do I have this all together. And by no means have I been doing it consistently. But I am learning to just pause and focus on God on a daily basis. And through that app, he talks about, um, he calls it benevolent detachment and just praying like, Lord, I give everyone and everything to you. And when I first started doing the app, honestly, it made me really uncomfortable because it's really hard to just sit in a space of silence for about five to 10 minutes, just listening to something, you know, and like silently praying. And I also was uncomfortable because it, it kind of pushed back on like, where do you see God? You know, where, where is he when you're praying to him? And I just have always imagined, you know, he's way up in heaven, he's far away, but yet, we know that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He is with us. And so it's just been this restful practice of learning to to just give up everything to Him. And at first I thought, well, that's just the things I'm worried about, right? That's just the things that are really stressing me out today. And I realized a few weeks, months into it, that it's everything, everything that we have to take care of as moms. It's you know, my daughter's math and the fact that we're always arguing over her math and, you know, uh, you know, my relationship with with Toby or whatever it is, you know, so just those lists of things that dinner even, you know, sometimes <laughs> planning out meals for a week and getting dinner on the table uh, is just it's another thing we have to do. And I've just been learning that the Lord wants all of it even the things that we think are really, really small. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I think another way I've been caring for myself is just exercise. Uh, I was able to get an exercise bike for Christmas this year. And um, honestly, I think one of the things I've just been learning about taking care of myself is, again, it doesn't have to be big. And I'm sure you've talked about this. I'm sure your listeners have heard this. But we just need to take small steps. It's the small choices that create big habits. And it's the same thing with our kids and homeschooling, right? It's the small choice of reading to them for 10 minutes or having that conversation or, you know, focusing a little bit on their math or whatever it is. It's those small steps, small choices that create big habits. And I think are the key to being resilient. And, yeah. and being in this for the long haul. This has been so good, Carrie. I'm actually on day 17 of the 30 Days to Resilient as well. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, yes. And I'm just loving, you know, because 
with whether you have special needs kids or not. Yeah. And I, and I do actually, I have a 27 year old with a disability. You know, we, we are in a world that is hard. I mean, there are, there are so many people dealing with mental illness or ADD or, you know, and I have adult children and adult children are their own, um, ball of wax. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good, yes. a good idiom right. for that, you know? And so, and so it is, it is really important to just be every day committing our families to the Lord. And that, that morning and evening prayer of God, I give you everyone and everything has been, I mean, I need to say it probably a thousand times a day. And I do, I appreciate, you know, because this podcast is somewhat based on the Benedictine rule and the Benedictines read the Psalm seven times a day. And I think if you had that kind of mindset where every day you're crying out to God and also reiterating the truth that God is with us and he's for us and he will carry us through, then whatever the issue that we're dealing with, whatever the uphill battle that we have in our home, we just know we're not alone, that God is a big and good God. And however dark it might look at this moment, it's going to get better. And I just, I pray for each mom listening that you feel that right now, that you feel that truth that God is near, that he is for you and he will not leave you or forsake you. I'm so excited for moms to get a hold of your book. Can you tell us where they can find it? And I'll make sure to link it in the show notes as well. Sure. You can find our book at uh, takeartspecialmoms.com backslash books. It is on Amazon, Christian Book, Target. It's called The Other Side of Special. And yeah, so, and if I could just say one last thing is God meets you where you're at. It's funny because I made that joke about how it's taken me four months to get through the 30 days. And just the other day I had I had not picked up the app for a couple of weeks and I picked it up and it was exactly what I needed for that day. And it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. God is, he's with us. He's with us and he's yeah. for us. Well, thanks so much, Carrie. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you.